What's up, you guys, and welcome to The Path. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we talk about the path of masculinity for a man's life, and we talk about the different things he might run into along the path, anything from his career, the lovely ladies, trials, victories, common man struggles, everything in between. And today, if you've checked the episode title, you know we're talking about the red pill. Super controversial, which makes it one of my favorite things to talk about. And so we're just going to dive in to the top teachings according to Luke, because I couldn't really find a conclusive database or like list anywhere. There's no like 10 commandments um, that everybody agrees on that, you know, includes everything. So what I did is I, I took the stuff I wanted to cover because, you know, I'm the podcast host. And then I also took your guys' suggestions from Instagram, which I greatly appreciate, and put them all together. And that's what we're going over. So these are the top red pill teachings. And I'm also going over why they matter. Why is it important that we talk about this? Because I think it's actually very important that men and women both understand where all this is coming from. Uh, if you're going to be in some kind of a relationship with the opposite sex, I think it's actually pretty important to address where it came from, what it's about. So I split this up into two episodes. Obviously, you're listening to one now, and I'm going to launch the next one in a few days, part one, part two. Guys, you enjoy part one, and uh, let's get into it. What is red pill? Red pill is important for you to know about as a man or as a woman because it is a knee-jerk reaction by men in response to something called the blue pill. The blue pill, red pill, that kind of terminology comes from the 1999 movie, The Matrix, okay? Classic movie, Keanu Reeves. There's this idea that we're all living in a false reality um, and the powers that be want us deceived, thinking that things are a certain way when they're not, basically. The red pill will open your eyes to the new reality, um, or I, I guess I should say the real reality of how things really are. And the blue pill will put you back in the state of blissful ignorance, unaware that you were being taken advantage of. And of course, all this is in the context of male-female relationships. Not in the movie, but uh, in the way that Rolo Tomasi and Andrew Tate, Justin Waller, all these guys apply it. Okay, so you can already tell out of the gate, there's this sort of secret knowledge vibe to it where it's like, oh, you mean to say things are not my fault? You mean to say that I've been living a lie and if I just take this red pill, my eyes will be open to the truth about women and I will be able to transcend all these other losers. So it, it automatically has this appeal to the disenfranchised, unfortunately. It naturally draws in men who have been hurt or have not had any luck with women. So that's the demographic that's coming to it out of the gate. That's what red pill is in general. Let's dive into the blue pill first, because what you guys have to understand is there's a very legitimate lie that society has fed men uh, myself included, my father's generation included, that has not worked for them. Okay, and it has its roots in feminism, um, and it has its roots in a society that wants men to be easily controllable, and a society that wants men to neuter themselves emotionally and physically. All right, so let's get into the blue pill. I could make this a really long thing, but what I want to do is use pop culture to describe it because it's very easy. So what I want you to do is think about 
one of your favorite popular, maybe you don't like them, but like a popular love story movie, okay? I'm not talking about a movie that like has a love story. I'm talking about a movie about a love story. Think like Hallmark movies, Nicholas Sparks, Disney, that kind of stuff, okay? Here is the blue pill lie that's been embedded and weave, uh, woven into all these stories, okay? Obviously, it begins with the woman. She's kind of the main character, uh, usually. The woman goes about life and encounters this man, the, the male love interest. The male love interest is edgy. He's unpredictable. He may be violent. He's prone to vice. He's got some sort of a problem, criminality or something like that. And then this woman comes into his life. But here's what happens every time. He sacrifices a part of his masculine edge for the woman. Whether it's because she demands it or because it's required for her protection. He will give up his life of crime. He will give up his addiction, his anger issues, his selfish dreams, those sorts of things. He will sacrifice all or a part of himself to save her. And as a result of that, he wins the woman's approval and love, and then they live happily ever after. That's, that's the story. Okay? She's attracted to this rogue element of a man. This rough around the edges, edgy man that is in tune with his masculine self and doesn't care what you think. He's going to do what he's going to do. But... After they are engaged in relationship for a little bit, his edginess, whatever that is, presents a problem in the story. And he always ends up sacrificing that part of himself to make the relationship work. And then whenever they do, whenever he does, they live happily ever after. You know, these principles are not explicitly stated in the story, but they are always implied in the sequence of events. Again, you know, Think about these movies and you're going to see that, that theme in them. The essence of the blue pill lie is that if a man works hard enough to restrain his wild side and he can learn to make his woman happy, that she will stay attracted to him, she will remain loyal, and they will live happily ever after. And that's what the lie is, guys. More specifically, the lie is, hey, buddy, as a man, you're not quite suitable for a woman. You need to sand down your rough edges. You need to snippety snip with your balls and become less of a man so that she will accept you. Okay? I think there might be a little bit of that in Barbie, the new Barbie movie. Just saying. Men are not right. They have to sand down the rough edges that offend people and that don't fit in to be accepted. And if they do that, oh my gosh. The women are going to stay attracted and they're going to live happily ever after. That's the lie. What the lie produced is a bunch of good boys, a bunch of good American Cody's that had the ability to restrain their base impulses. They were taught, hey, buddy, you see all those cute girls? Do you want one? Okay, great. Here's what you need to do. You need to restrain yourself and draw within the lines that mommy gives you, that your teacher gives you, that society gives you. Draw within those lines, and you'll be suitable for a woman. And that's the lie. The truth is, is the boys who are not as good at having restraint and can't seem to stay inside the lines are actually the ones who get the women. Those are the bad boys. Those are the boys who 
society pretends to not love but actually is obsessed with. Those are the boys that Taylor Swift writes love songs about. She's obsessed with their their masculinity despite their toxicity, okay? Yes, there is such a thing as toxic masculinity. There's toxic femininity too. By themselves, they're great. God-ordained, God-given, but there can be toxic elements to them. The problem is, is the good little beta boys that learn how to repress the whole kit and caboodle. They repress their masculinity. The women don't like those boys, okay? They're great to settle for. They're great to marry because they're predictable and they're safe, but they don't do nothing for you. They don't like make you feel some kind of way. It's because they've snipped away their power. They've emasculated their power. And the blue pill says, hey, swallow this little boy. If you take away your manhood and if you sand off those rough edges, women will be attracted to you and they will accept you. Oh, they'll accept you. They'll accept you for sure. Once they're ready to settle for someone that they're not attracted to as much. Okay. Now, that's reality, guys. That's just real. The red pill is supposed to be the antidote to that, but it is Christless. It is devoid of true moral groundedness, and so it makes a lot of mistakes. That being said, it still is helpful in some ways to point out the way that society has gone wrong. And I mean, look at America. There's a bunch of soft men nowadays. And as you would expect, the men that are tough, that are strong, are, are typically demonized, right? And the, the truly toxic ones that are full of crap, they make the rest of us look bad, right? Because they take the spotlight. So without further ado, let's talk about red pill teachings and how helpful are they? Are they true? Are they false? Let's get into it. Number one is I'm going to call the blame game. Number one is that female nature is the problem that... Women are hoes, women are hypergamous, they're always gonna be looking for the best alpha male and she's not yours, it's just your turn. Very doomer, very, very kind of sad. And, you know, I think that's part of a grief stage for guys who have been hurt. Guys, I mean, I've been hurt. I've been, I've been through the ringer with women, okay? So I can relate a little bit to the blame game. That's a, that's a phase that you might be tempted to go through, but that's not true. Guys, women only repeatedly do what men repeatedly tolerate. It's true. It's vice versa. Men only repeatedly do in relationships what women repeatedly tolerate, right? If you keep having terrible relationships, it's because you keep tolerating terrible people. It's easy. It's not hard. It's not hard to think about. But it's not apples to apples, guys, because we're the simps, okay? The men are the simps. You can't complain about hoes when you're tolerating hoe behavior, right? Yeah, women are on OnlyFans, and guess who's keeping them in business? It's men, all right? It's not lesbians. It's men. There's also men on OnlyFans. Guess who's keeping them in business? Men, gay men, right? The men are the simps here. We'll get into that more later. The blame game is nonsense because men are to blame for tolerating the behavior that we're complaining about. Got to take some responsibility, boys. Now, here's what's not fair. The nice guy, Cody, Cody is the Cody is the name that I give to 
the anti-chad, right? You got the chad alpha, the Cody beta, right? That's just the name I use. You got Cody over here, you know, he was taught blue pill his whole life. Oh, Cody, yeah, if you just be a good boy and draw within the lines and have nice handwriting and pay your taxes and get a nice little job and go play disc golf on the weekends, you're going to attract a beautiful woman and she's going to stay loyal to you. And what happened to Cody was he did that, like he swallowed that and he believed that and he's getting someone else's leftovers or he's getting someone to settle for him or his woman is discontent with him and cheats. That's what, that's the truth, right? So it's not fair to Cody because Cody didn't create the situation. Chad did, right? We hate you, Chad. Moving on, blame game, nonsense. Number two, concepts of attraction. Hey y'all, just wanted to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is myself. This show is actually a part of the Narrow Way Man brand, which is my online outlet to provide wisdom, motivation, and practical guidance for modern men. I've been blessed to take part in incredible transformations and breakthroughs with younger and middle-aged men who are in a season of crisis or a season of stagnation and are ready to make a big change, but are fed up with trying irrelevant churchy principles or recycled secular strategies that are void of biblical foundations. If you are a man who is truly ready to take responsibility and break out of your current plateau, there is a link in the show notes to apply for a coaching program. Thanks again for listening, and let's get back to the show. All right, I'm labeling that concepts of attraction because there's a lot of different little catchphrases and code words that the Red Pill uses to talk about concepts of attraction. And guys, the wording is key here. Concepts of attraction. Not what's right, not what's wrong, but what works for most situations. Right? And guys, this stuff is like true. This stuff is true, true. Women are attracted to power. Women are attracted to a man on a mission. Women are attracted to status. Okay? I'm not saying that all those things are good, but man, they will get you some attraction. Women will window shop you if you have those things. It just, that's how it is. So you got power, you got status, you got being on mission. All those things are true. A common way to say it is a high value man chases his mission. A low value man chases women and women chase high value men. That's how it works. Okay. What does a high value man mean? I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but the red pill has it down like from an attraction standpoint. Okay. From an attraction standpoint, the red pill has it down and guys, I could sit here and, and go into depth about concepts of attraction. But if you think about like this, this is, this one's funny, Olivia Rodrigo, younger girls, younger women, they love Olivia Rodrigo. They will sing her songs out at the top of their lungs. Taylor Swift's the same way. Right, I'm gonna pick on Olivia Rodrigo though. Olivia Rodrigo wrote a song recently called Get Him Back. Okay, it's a play on words. She wants to get him back, like in revenge, but she also wants to get him back uh, with her. And she's obsessed with this guy. The the young women and girls that will belt this song out at the top of their lungs don't make the connection about the man that that song is describing. If you listen to that song. I recommend you do it. Go listen to that song or at least read the lyrics. And that song will paint an accurate picture of a red pill man. 
that uses power, status, pre-selection, multiple women around him, money, flexing, inconsistent communication, manipulation, all those kinds of things. The Red Pill advocates for those kinds of things. And in that song, Olivia Rodrigo describes that man to a T, this man that she's obsessed with, right? And it's a very common thing. Guys, if you run that song through a plagiarism checker, it wouldn't even pass that. Like, that man is Andrew Tate. That man is Justin Waller, okay? If you ask a girl what she thinks about Andrew Tate, oh, she hates him. But she's going to be attracted to his type at the end of the day. Now, I want to make a big note here. If you don't have any sort of depth of character or morality underpinning this kind of high-value man character, according to the Red Pill, and you also indulge in sort of the manipulation nonsense that they do and like spinning plates, having multiple women in your roster, all these kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, you're going to attract women, but you're going to attract emotionally broken women. And the, the true kind of rare good women that are out there, like the top tier women that you probably actually want to settle down with in the long run, those women are all going to, I mean, they might window shop you, but they will not take you seriously. Only broken women will take you seriously. Okay. And I've seen this so many times, like with, with guys that I work with, this is exactly what happens. All right. Number three is this idea of frame. Frame is 100% real, guys. Frame is this concept of, as a man working with a woman or, you know, trying to be in a relationship with a woman, you need to have the frame for the conversation, the frame for the emotional context, the frame for the situation. It needs to be your frame, your perspective that rules the day. And that's absolutely true. And it sounds misogynistic, but it's totally not. The truth of it is, is frame doesn't just apply to masculine feminine dynamics. It applies to to so many different things. Like if you're if you're a woman, listen to this. If you're a mother, you've got to think about if your child, you know, starts screaming because they want a cookie, they are presenting a frame to you. The frame they are presenting is I need a cookie, so let's all lose our minds and scream until we get what we want. Right? That's the frame that they open up to you. And you as the mother, you as the parent have to say, uh, no, we're not accepting your frame. We're going to accept this other frame where we use our inside voices and we ask nicely for what we want. Okay, that's frame control. Sales happens all the time in sales where a good salesman will see your objections. It will see what, you know, what you're not agreeing with him or her on. And the salesperson will say, hey, totally get it, but X, Y, Z. Oh, I see. I've heard that before. Yeah. ABC. And they will shift the frame back to how they want the conversation to go. All right. So this is not some sort of a unique red pill concept. This actually applies in a lot of life. And the truth is, guys, if you if you want to be a leader in your relationship, if you want to be the masculine player in the relationship, then you can't let a woman approach you with a different frame and for you just to accept it. There was this TikTok video that went viral for a little bit. It's a trend, actually, a TikTok trend that went viral. And what it is, is these girls will randomly approach their man, whether it be like a boyfriend, a brother, husband, whatever it is. And they'll say, hey, you look like you can't swim. And (laughs) 
the men will lose their minds. Like some of them just laugh. Some, but the ones that went viral, of course, are the ones who lose their minds, right? What's happening there? She comes up and says, hey, you look like you can't swim. She's presenting this frame of, you look unathletic. You look like you can't do something that men should be able to do. You look inferior. And of course, it's a joke, and she's just trying to get a reaction. But he accepts all of it. He accepts her frame, and he accepts her statement as an attack on his identity as a man. And he freaks out, okay? There were guys that would go jump into pools in the dead of winter to prove they could swim. There were guys who would talk about, oh, I have the state championship record for XYZ. They would talk about being on the swim team. They would talk about all kinds of things, you know, jumping into cold water to prove that they could float, like immediately accepting her frame and losing their minds. Just like the mother, if she were to start screaming at the child that wanted a cookie, right? Like totally inappropriate. And of course it's funny and the girls would laugh at them like, oh my gosh, look, he's swimming. He's such an idiot. And guys, it's cute and it's funny, but it's not cute like attractive cute. It's a cute like, oh, look at the little puppy. He's so confused cute, all right? You have to be able to hold frame. A subconcept underneath that is this idea of shit tests. I apologize for my language if you guys are not used to me using language I don't very much, but that's what it's called. It's called a shit test. And the idea is she will throw some you know crap at you, throw some nonsense at you, Sometimes in the form of a joke, sometimes in the form of an intrusive thought that she can't get out of her head. Like, oh, would you love me if I was a whale? Or, you know, crazy stuff like that. She will throw something at you. And what that is, it's a test of your frame. It's a, it's testing, hey, can I rock his boat? If I say that he looks like he can't swim, is he going to lose his mind? Because if me, the 135-pound woman, can make him, the 200-pound man, you know, flip his pancakes, lose his mind, right? Then that's not hot. That's not attractive. It undermines your strength and power as a man when a woman can cause you to lose it, right? Whether it be by a joke or some intrusive thought that she has or some emotional blow up, if she makes you break your frame, that will lower your attraction in her eyes. It signals to her that you cannot keep her safe, that you cannot protect her, and that you are not strong, all right? And it's actually fun for her to nip at your heels. It's fun for her to tease you. It's fun for her to test the boundaries and for you to come back and show her that it doesn't affect you and that you can actually make her laugh and that you can turn it back into a joke, right? That's this concept of frame, and it's very real. Moving on, number four. This was an interesting one, this concept of monkey branching. The red pill teaches that women will not break off a relationship fully until they've secured a new relationship. And guys, what you'll find a lot about a lot of these red pill teachings is they only address a woman's base nature. And by base, I mean her lowest form, like her, her worst self, if you will, and her like foundational biological nature, which is like default settings, right? And um, in those senses, monkey branching is very real. And that's this idea of women will not break off a relationship. You know, a monkey will not let go of the branch in their back hand before their front hand has wrapped around a new branch, 
Okay, it makes sense. It's this biological, emotional, physical need that women have for security. And I know in the past hundred years, they've all become boss babes and they don't need no man, but it's still hardwired, man. It's still hardwired into them that they want emotional and physical security. And for thousands and thousands of years, that means having a man, all right? And that doesn't just fade away because of a birth control pill and because of interior heating and air that allows them to work these office jobs and become boss babes, okay? Um, I, you see this all the time. Women will start emotionally investing into a new man. She will emotionally check out long before the relationship ends. And, you know, good women will not actually start a new relationship, but most women will be tempted to. And apart from Christ, they usually do. I've seen this many times. Thank you for listening. If this episode was valuable to you, I will probably never know that unless you do me the favor of leaving a five-star review and hitting the follow button for this podcast. Doing that is going to let me know to keep producing this kind of content, and it's going to help other people just like you discover it as well. I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time on The Path.